the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, while it is a grudging congratulations, it is nevertheless something that you have to admire from a sheer ambition standpoint that the that the Democrats in the state of Ohio vastly outnumbered two to one in the Ohio State House. Uh, nevertheless, pulled a power play and selected the next Ohio Speaker of the House. We've talked about that probably ad nauseum, as many people are not captivated by state politics the way they are national politics. But Jason Stevens is your Ohio Speaker of the House. Curiously, Mr. Stevens has not responded to my request for him to come on the Bruce Hooley Show and explain why he knifed Derek Marin in the back and why he partnered with all 32 Democrats in the Ohio House and 21 other turncoat Republicans to become Speaker of the House. I'm sure that's fallen through the cracks. But you got to give the Democrats credit. They have marshaled their minority forces and they picked the Ohio Speaker of the House. So there's a template for this. And what is this? This is the Democrats now trying to win the 2024 Senate race in the state of Ohio by running against Democrat Sherrod Brown, another Democrat. Yes, Matt Dolan is running for Senate in 2024. You say, wait a minute. Isn't Matt Dolan a Republican? Well, yes and no. He ran in the Republican primary against Josh Mandel, Jane Timken, Mike Gibbons, Bernie Moreno, and the eventual winner, J.D. Vance. Matt Dolan ran against them. He placed third in the Republican primary. And I got to say, I have never, ever seen anyone finish third in a six-person race who the press has embraced as if he won the race. But they love Matt Dolan at the Columbus Dispatch and at the Cleveland Plain Dealer because Matt Dolan is not a typical Republican. Now, I ask you, he's not, by the way, but in a state that is controlled by a supermajority of Republicans in the state house, even though 22 of them don't act like it, in the state Senate, In a state where the governor is, theoretically, a Republican, the secretary of state, the auditor, the lieutenant governor, the attorney general, and any other office you can think of, the Supreme Court, are all controlled by Republicans. Why would it be an asset for Matt Dolan to not be a typical Republican? Typical Republicans seem to be doing pretty well in the state of Ohio. Electoral politics game. But this, of course, is how they put you to sleep and make you think, oh, Matt Dolan, oh, a Republican that even the media likes. Yeah, well, while the enemy of your enemy is supposedly your friend, according to Godfather logic, let me assure you, the friend of your enemy is not your friend when the friend, Matt Dolan, and the enemy, the Columbus Dispatch, are aligned 
and the Cincinnati Enquirer and the Canton Repository and every other newspaper in the state of Ohio, Plain Dealer. They all love Matt Dolan, which is a reason why you should reject him as a candidate for the U.S. Senate. And of course, Matt Dolan will not be the only person in the race. It is going to be a mammoth upset if Secretary of State Frank LaRose is not also in the race. And this you can tell by the fact that when Frank LaRose's spokesperson was asked about Dolan getting into the race and whether Frank LaRose might get into the race, typically, what would you expect? Like, you've been around this block before, right? Frank LaRose just got reelected as Ohio Secretary of State. So the liberal media reaches out to Rob Nichols, Frank LaRose's spokesman. And they ask him about Frank LaRose's interest in running for Senate. So what are you expecting here? You're expecting him to say, oh, you know, Secretary LaRose has a job. The voters of the state of Ohio just gave Secretary LaRose the honor of being Secretary of State again. And Secretary LaRose is working on election integrity here in the state of Ohio. And he is not at all looking forward to 2024 because the Ohio voter has charged him with a very certain, a very important job. And and Secretary LaRose is focused solely on that. Right? That's what Rob Nichols is going to say. Right? Uh, no. Rob Nichols, <laughs> Sherrod Brown, I do like this part. Sherrod Brown has been in office for 48 years. That's not a lie. And in 2024, there is a one-shot opportunity to take back the U.S. Senate. Naturally, there's a lot of discussion right now over who is the most qualified candidate to replace him. And Secretary LaRose intends to be part of that conversation. Well, I can't criticize the man for telling the truth, because had he said, no, he's not interested. But my answer was not, no, he's not interested. It's no, he's focused on something else. But uh, I'm right. Frank LaRose is running, and that's what I said before. And it's, it's curious to me. I have friends who come on the show and tell me that the LaRose people did not like at all me saying in the aftermath of Jason Stevens backstabbing his way to Speaker of the Ohio House, I lit up Frank LaRose for his ill-timed congratulatory tweet while blood was still on the knife in the back of Derek Marin talking about the appropriateness, or in this case, inappropriateness, time and place of Frank LaRose's groveling, bootlicking tweet congratulating Jason Stevens on becoming Speaker of the House, telling you as voters to remember this when Frank LaRose, who was just in his tweet, exposed himself as a rhino, to remember that in 2024, and all of a sudden, my boss, other people who know me and have my cell number get calls from the LaRose people. Hey, 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 give me Bruce Hooley's number. I want to reach out. I want to set him straight on this. And curiously, they haven't called because they know if they call, they're going to have to say what they want to say to you on the air, and my guess is they are way too scared to do that. So what about Josh Mandel? Josh Wants a Senate seat so bad, he can probably taste it with his cornflakes. A spokesman for Josh Mandel, who has run three times for the U.S. Senate, said he is not running and has no plan to return to politics. Smart. Smart, smart, smart. I bet Josh is crushing it as some kind of a consultant, lobbyist, think tank. Hope there's no classified documents from Joe Biden at that think tank. Josh Mandel's at the think tank. Uh, but good. Good, Josh. Keep your head down. Keep doing what you're doing. There is a certain wisdom in realizing, you know what? Whatever I offer as a candidate, 
The state of Ohio has not embraced it. Could be because my opponent is better, the electoral climate was not right, wasn't my time, whatever. There is no doubt Josh Mandel would be a U.S. senator if Donald Trump had endorsed Josh Mandel as a U.S. senator. That's the only reason J.D. Vance won. Sure, J.D. campaigned, and he has a uniquely American story growing up in a home that was torn by drug addiction, and he overcame that, and he persevered, and there's so much to love about the J.D. Vance story. He's smart enough to enlarge his worldview after having children and becoming a father. Hopefully that changes all of us. When I asked J.D., you know, you were very, very strident in your criticism of Donald Trump in 2016, and here you are in 2020 courting him for his endorsement, eventually getting his endorsement, what changed? And I thought J.D. Vance gave the two best answers you can possibly give. Number one, I was wrong, something you'll never hear a Democrat say about anything. And number two, I became a father and and a husband. And when you become a spouse, if you do it right, if you do it, with a faith-centered focus, you realize that your responsibilities grow exponentially when you are responsible for providing for and protecting others. And it should change your worldview, and it did change J.D. Vance's worldview, and I think he will do a good job as a U.S. senator. I'm not going to say he's going to be a super U.S. senator because it's too early to say that. I have hopes that he'll become another Josh Hawley. I used to put Tom Cotton in that conversation, and then Cotton is one of his last votes. I just voted for the omnibus. Come on, Tom Cotton. But if you want more U.S. senators who will vote for the omnibus and who will, hey, he introduced, he sponsors the Equality Act in the state of Ohio, then Matt Dolan's your guy. But let's hope not. Well, we told you about the two people in Columbus who were suspected of causing the death of, what was the boy, eight months old. Oh, just heartbreaking. That's totally heartbreaking. Uh, last week, uh, they have now uh, had their bond set, and I would presume they're going to be in jail until they stand trial. Uh, each faces a bond of one point five million dollars. Savannah Dawson, 23, her boyfriend, uh, Kyrios March, 24. Uh, Markel Smith uh, was um, just just led a brutal life. Many fractures. They Autopsy showed that he had bones that were in the process of healing, so he had broken bones before. Um, and his father um, gave a very heartbreaking interview to ABC6 after he um, after he died and uh, you know it's just these kinds of things when it's a child man it just really breaks your heart so they should not be out they were not immediately available to be arrested when they were charged and so now they will sit in prison and wait in jail and wait uh, good news last night had a one-year-old child recovered inside a car stolen that officers found in Northeast Columbus. When I say last night, it was after midnight, but it was still in the nighttime. 
Uh, police said the car was stolen from the 2000 block of, block of Strimple Avenue. They found the car a few blocks later in the Northern Lights Shopping Center. And while this child is decidedly older than either the eight-month-old boy who was uh, killed or the one-year-old who was uh, kidnapped, at a 16-year-old last night walking in the area of East Cook Road and Mays Road, that's what, near Northside? Cook Road, Mays Road? Semi-fairgrounds-ish area? Shot. He's walking on the street, 10 p.m. Approached by an unknown man. They argued for unknown reasons. Suspect pulls out a handgun, shot the victim in the thigh. Guy called a family member to come pick him up. Hmm, Wow, must not have been too serious or kids got incredible pain tolerance. So they are looking into all of that. Uh, These kinds of things just underscore the fact that Columbus is a very, very, very dangerous place, a very, very, very violent place. And sadly, I don't see that changing anytime soon. Now, we have new details, as I said at the top of the show, on the Fairfax County, Virginia school scandal where kids who tested in the National Merit Scholarship Program and achieved the level of score that results in you getting a National Merit Scholarship, except they were not told. They were not notified. And why were they not notified? Because the principals of those schools, no doubt, had a altruistic mindset in that if we're really going to be equitable, then we cannot allow a bunch of Asian students, though they are high achieving, though they are really dedicated to their studies, and though they crush it. In the classroom, we cannot allow them to get all of the merit-based scholarships because then without equity of outcome, we don't have equity of opportunity. See, this is how race hustlers think, that because the outcomes wind up different. The different outcomes must be driven by some kind of stacked deck, some kind of systemic racism, some kind of nefarious advantage that one race gets over another. And doesn't always have to be white guys and white people. If it's Asian people, as it often is because they grow up in an environment where they are raised with the idea that education is the key to success, the key to prosperity. Is that message spread in every single community? My guess is no. Of course, it is easier to spread that message when you have two parents in the home, when you have a stable home. And it's even better if the message is underscored by the example of a litany of successful people in your family who have graduated themselves, done well for themselves, applied themselves. I mean, if you have grandparents who have done that and you have parents who have done that, yes, that is an inborn advantage for you as a kid. It is. I had two parents who were factory workers. We weren't wealthy, 
But I still got the message that hard work was something that you not only aspired to, but something that you had to do in order to be able to do all the things that you were that I was benefiting from as a kid. I lived in a modest but but very nice house. My dad was very uh, diligent in taking care of the yard. He was exceedingly handy at fixing things. He was a finished carpenter, so he could remodel our house himself. I mean, I thought I didn't. I didn't think you know that I was lacking anything. But I had that example set for me by my parents, and I recognize that's an advantage. I'm one of two brothers that got to go to college, and. My older brother set the example for me. Hey, you go to college, you get good grades, you work hard, you get a good job, you save your money, you buy a car, then you save more money, you buy a house. I mean, that was the example I grew up with. I acknowledge, I acknowledge that a lot of kids, far too many kids in the inner city don't have that advantage. But it doesn't mean that by cheating people out of things that they achieve fixes the issues in the homes where those advantages were not present. See, it doesn't make up for that. It doesn't do anything except discriminate against the people who have done things the way they've been taught to do them. So the scandal started out with one school, the Thomas Jefferson School of Technology. And I talked to a friend who grew up in the area down there who said he did not go to the Thomas Jefferson School. He's an amazingly brilliant person. Um, very successful physician and Ivy League educated and somehow got out of the Ivy League without being corrupted. So he was raised right by his father and mother. Never got the pleasure of meeting his mother, but I've met his dad and his dad is a great man and a wonderful dad and an awesome grandpa. And you see, I mean, look, I know a lot of people don't like to hear scripture quoted to them, but it is biblical that the sins of the father are extended into future generations. And it is also, I think, quite likely that if you are raised by good parents, that you give yourself a better chance to be successful going forward. But anyway, the Thomas Jefferson High School was the first one, but then there were four, and then there were seven, and now there were 13 schools in Virginia cheating kids who earned those scholarships. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.